for Garage Logic Podcast number 55. Is it 55 already? 55. How the time flies. Uh huh. <laughs> huh? Rattle Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Have we started yet? Yeah. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 55, December 3rd, 2018. It was 19 below in downtown Garage Logic Ooh. on this day in 1940. Quite a crowd around the old stove in the Knack Hardware and Lounge. <laughs> Uh, and 62 degrees on this day in 1962. We're brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I want to pay my respects to Joe Souchere, who, uh, in his own way, the Mayor of Garage Logic, makes an awful lot of sense out there. Wow, what a great quote you have, huh? <laughs> Thank you, sir. Let me he's not the, run he's, that by me again. I want to pay my respects to Joe Suchere, who, uh, in his own way, the mayor of Garage Logic, makes an awful lot of sense out there. What a guy. That's pretty cool. He's not the last of the greatest generation to have been president. He's second to last. Jimmy Carter's 94. Oh. oh and you know, uh, is and he... then when Carter goes, that's it. We've, we've run out of... The great, the greatest generation is President Carter. Uh, is he out of the limelight on purpose? Or? I think he's a. I, uh, I'll tell you what. When he dies, uh, you know who we need to talk to, Randy Wayne White, uh, who spent considerable time with Carter oh. over a New Year's Eve. And, I don't recall that. And I'm not, other than that, I know Randy's a GLer. I'm not entirely aware of his politics, but he was very enamored with Jimmy Carter and what a great, great guy he was. I think the soft-spoken peanut farmer was probably, uh, he'd be uh, he'd be a neat guy to talk to. But boy, it's hard to top George H.W., Herbert Walker, isn't it? Mm. With plans for a dive, a skydive at 95. That's mm. cool. Yeah. Remind me, what, what, where was the uh, that quote? Where did that come from? Oh, that's oh, that one was... of my worst ever. What? I was supposed to be there that night. Oh. That was the uh, Minnesota Family Council's annual gala, and they it was 1998, and they brought in the former president to be the keynote uh, speaker, and I was uh, f- terribly flattered to have been asked to be the MC. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, there are certain guys that you feel you might as well have known them all your life. That's how at ease he put people. And when it was over, yeah, he said, "Why don't you come with me?" Because uh, he was going to go downstairs and and uh, have a round table with people who presumably paid an extra bump for that, right? Right. Oh, I bet. A- yeah. And my kid was standing right there, and I said, "Well, I got my kid here." He said, "Well, bring him." And so, uh, <laughs> George, this is my favorite story. George and me and my son got on the essentially a freight elevator. Where were we? Uh, it was I, I don't a, a major venue in Minneapolis, but I don't think it was the convention center. And at any rate, we get on the elevator, and, and uh, HW is shooting the breeze, and he's 
giving Andy the elbow and saying, I bet you think you're pretty nifty, Andy, with the famous dad. <laughs> yeah. How does it feel to have a famous father? It's just, it just, when you And told- my two brothers were there. Johnny and Paul were there. So yesterday, I got out all the, I got a lot of pictures of that night. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, yeah. I, I wish you would have, you know, on the, in the picture you took, I wish you maybe a little close up, no shadows. It's kind of like you. Uh, I didn't take the picture. Those pictures were provided by whoever. No. Uh, when, I, when, 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 when a former president is at your event, I'm sure there's a photographer assigned to. Who's been vetted out. To, oh, yeah. yeah to, take his, to take pictures with, with whomever he wants his picture taken with. And we were just lucky to get our pictures taken. I had nothing to do with taking the pictures. No. Uh, what I'm referring to is uh, you taking a picture of the picture you know, with oh, your yeah. underwear in the background, <laughs> yeah. a toilet no, roll, no, uh, no. pens, no. Uh, a used uh, a paper cup. You know, I mean, I thought maybe it'd zoom in a little more. I'm taking that picture and sending it out. Have you seen the wonderful cartoon that a fellow named Marshall Ramsey drew? He's with the Clarion Ledger, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Bush's plane in World War II has landed uh, atop the clouds yep. in heaven, and he's out of the plane. He's uh, holding Barbara's hand, and their little girl, Robin, is in the uh, standing on the clouds with him. And Barbara said, "We waited for you." Yeah. Now this follows the cartoon when Barbara died. This same fellow who should be received the Pulitzer Prize for kindness for all I'm for what I think about this. This is extraordinary. He had Barbara entering heaven with her arms out, yelling, Robin, and Robin is running to her. That's the three-year-old That's child they lost to cancer. Right. Oh, man. Isn't that something? That is. It is. Mm-hmm. And and I, I learned over the weekend um, that he addressed his minister. One of his, uh, one of his uh, concerns or, or questions about dying is, uh, will he see his mom mm-hmm. and will he see Robin? Mm-hmm. But will Robin be three as she was when she... Had her leukemia, or will she be a sixty-year-old woman? What was the minister's answer? It was great. No, what was his answer? He said, "That's the that's the great mystery. Mm. I don't know. You know, Mm. he didn't try to say yes. You. He said that's the that's when you're in the club. You you don't get to to have the answer to that until you're in the club. You know what his remarks were in 1998, most principally focused on his mother growing up. Really. Mm Mm-hmm. And he had nothing but but kindness to reflect on. He had nothing but charm, and and he relayed her witticisms, and uh, it was just a, just a, just a, just a hell of a guy. He was the real deal. Uh, and he was the real deal for a family that had an, an unbelievable amount of money. Uh, their their grounding seems very sound. That's what he was talking about. It just. If your father's name is Prescott, there's a fighting chance the family came over in one of the first boats. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Right. Well, and— uh, You know, his plane, he trained here, by the way. Yeah, South St. Paul. Uh, no, right next to the airport. There was a naval station. Oh. He trained here. I thought it was funny. That plane is on display. That plane is on display in Eden Prairie. Oh, I did not uh, know that. Oh, shoot, where is it? At Flying Cloud? Oh, for Pete's sake, I just had it here. Uh, no, at the Target or Toys R Us. True. Right, they got a little tent. <laughs> Where in the hell is it? And they sell the fireworks as well. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, right here. Uh, 
he became, he trained as a fighter pilot at the Naval Air Station in Minneapolis next to the airport. Okay. A plane Bush flew in 1943 is on display at the wings of North Air Museum in Eden Prairie. The plane is even autographed by uh, George H.W. Bush. Uh, so you can go out and touch the plane he trained in. There's there's great footage uh, from the uh, the Bush Library of him being rescued by a submarine where he's just, mm-hmm. he's floating like Louis Zamperini was, mm-hmm. not as long for sure, but, and the guys are, are pulling him up and they, they rescued him from uh, the water. He must they killed have, him that he lost two guys in that too. Yeah. He, what, what can we say? Uh, he's the second to the last of the greatest generation to have served as president. We'll never again have a World War II era president of the country. Never again. Your we've, po- we've we've run out of chronological time. Your point also about how comfortable he made everybody feel. Mm-hmm. I must have seen a dozen of those stories this weekend from mm-hmm. celebrities, from people who weren't celebrities who said it was amazing that how he would engage them. Well, look at the relationship he developed with Dana Carvey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, guy was mocking the White him. House. Right, but he didn't mock him. He mocked right. him in a in a non Saturday night It wasn't mocking. He sent he he sent him up. That's that's how I'd phrase it. Dana Carvey sent him up with his uh, exaggerated uh, "gotta be prudent." Not gonna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I read over the weekend that he admitted he was not a natural politician. He didn't uh, necessarily enjoy uh, trying to pretend that he was, you know, revving the people up. And he once tried to say "nitty gritty dirt band." Oh no! <laughs> and it came out "nitty itty bitty ditty birdie dirty bird." <laughs> Well, like father, like son. Right. Yeah, don't fool me again. We can't get right. We can't get fooled How again. How do I? Twice. <laughs> it just and it seems like that whole family uh, gets along. Mm-hmm. He, he'll be the twelfth. He'll be the twelfth president to lie in state. And not to mention that the the relationships that he had with Bill Clinton, um, you know, President Obama. You know, he wasn't a. Um, I, uh, they I believe he said, I believe none of the Bush men voted for Trump. Okay. But W, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, George H.W. has specifically requested that Trump be at the funeral. So from from death, he is trying to do one more act of public good for the country. He wants Trump to be involved. He want I I Johnny, you're the newsman. You can correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. You might Google this. I believe Trump might deliver the eulogy. I would not Which sure will be that. a very healing thing for yeah, everybody. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know they're the he and Melania are going to the funeral. Mm-hmm. I'll check to see about the eulogy thing. If he does do the eulogy, it will be he, a, a tremendous, a tremendous job. No, I think he'll I agree. I think he'll I do, think he could do a good job. I, I think he could too. And I think he will Really try to do a good job, don't I mean, you? When, when, if a guy like Trump has to look at, at George H.W. and think, what a guy compared to— Why can't I be half right. that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Re- do you really think Trump thinks that? Well, no, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying— it be great? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, He's saying, it be, yeah, great, great? yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yes, it would. The U.S. Navy tweet that went out was pretty cool. Did yeah. you guys see that? We got, we got this watch? It says, uh, fair winds and following seas, sir, mm-hmm. we have the watch. Mm-hmm. That is cool. That's neat. The eulogy will be from uh, W, uh, George oh, okay. W, okay. and he, uh, President Trump will 
not speak at the funeral, but he will meet privately with the family, okay. the Bush family. I, I think Trump will be capable of complete graciousness. Yeah. Will be filled as with well. Quips. He should be. W, which is an M upside down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I wonder if he'll do any David Copperfield jokes. Which I thought <laughs> those those was have charming. thankfully been out of the news this weekend. Oh, uh, you've been looking in the right place. Well, I don't follow social media, right? But you know, no, some were actually pretty funny. I, I hesitate to ask. Oh, don't then, don't. <laughs> I hesitate to ask. Uh, my favorite is uh, Doug Henning. He's a magician. That is my favorite. I was confused. My dad, when he would ask that question, he said, "Who is your favorite uh, magician?" Mm-hmm. And I was said, "Doug Henning." I forgot to say Copperfield. Uh-huh. I would always say Henning would confuse him. Henning had those buck teeth. You think he, his own magic, he could have taken care of those. If she has says file them down. If she has said something, I'm not going to give her any time. But I'm just oh. deathly afraid to discover. Has that? Is it Long Beach State? She calls oh, no. herself a professor. Fresno State. Fresno State, and she ripped uh, Barbara Bush. Has that foul creature uh, weighed in? I wonder. I, 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 unfortunately, I have forgot. Unfortunately, no. Fortunately, Fortunately, I've forgotten her name. I will. Um, I will look. I can't even remember. Oh, her I'm name. holding my breath. God help me. She was it. Randa Gerard. Yes. Is that her? Something like that. I don't know if it was Randa. It was Gerard. And she uh, she got her 20 minutes of fame yep. when uh, Barbara Bush died, and I'm wondering if that foul human being is trying to get another uh, five minutes in the spotlight for. Coming up with some way to rip George H.W. Bush. I just went to her Twitter account, but she has her uh, account protected unless you follow her, and I'm not going no, to do No, we're not going to. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. But there are a lot of people saying she needs to sit this play out, essentially, you know, to keep your mouth shut this right. time. Don't, don't you feel that the, over the weekend the entire country felt a little different? That, that harshness seemed to have uh, been abated for a while? Uh, yes, I do, especially on, you know, I always watch this week with George Stephanopoulos. I don't. Well, I just, uh, just because it's on. Yeah. And uh, they were all tripping over themselves to to say what a what a good guy he was. Even uh, Donna, what's her, Donna Brazil mm-hmm. had good, she said, I didn't like what his first uh, votes were on um, racism, on uh, um, civil rights. But then... They had some kind of meeting where he reached out to her, and they were friends for the rest of her life. She said, now I, I love the guy. Well, it'd be hard not to, wouldn't it? I think so. Say, R.F. Moeller Jeweler is hosting a, a John Hardy Designer Showcase event on Friday, December 7th through Sunday, December 9th, in all of their Twin Cities stores. It starts on Wednesday, December 5th, if you shop at the uh, Minneapolis store in Gavaday Common. John Hardy Jewelry is handcrafted by artisans in Bali using time-honored techniques. Uh, I got news for you. Women will love these designs, and they're offering special pricing just during this event. You can visit the R.F. Moeller Jeweler stores in uh, Edina, 50th in France, uh, St. Paul at Ford in Cleveland in uh, Highland Park, and downtown Minneapolis. Or be sure to go online at rfmoeller.com, and you can look at all of these uh, marvelous Marvelous uh, designs. We're talking about a jewelry store with a 67-year history. And there's a lot of people who get up on Christmas morning thankful that R.F. Moeller is now going to be contributing to the, uh, to the heritage and the keepsakes of their own family. He's 
a man who spends hours in hardware stores seeking to the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Cicero. May I do an email segment? Let's do it, bro. During a speech, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the young socialist, pictured herself getting inaugurated, not sworn in like other normal members of Congress. She also said that once inaugurated, she would begin signing bills on health care. Okay. The Academy, in this case Boston University and the New York school system, both graduated a knucklehead who knows nothing of civics or economics. As you know, members of Congress are sworn in. They are not inaugurated. Only presidents and vice presidents are inaugurated. Seeing as members of Congress in the House and Senate vote to approve or oppose bills, her delusions of grandeur have her signing bills into law instead of the president of the United States. Most Americans know that. Ocasio-Cortez apparently does not. If she ever gets elected president, the United States will become Venezuela on steroids. All of this seems to confirm her knucklehead status and the failure of the academy. Thank you, uh, emailer Barry. Uh, Mike Miller writes, I think it was Friday's show you talked about the beloved Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the negative and harmful characters. These Mysterians have obviously been trained to think only one way. If they were taught to think critically, they would have seen that the characters they point out being all the buzzwords they've been programmed to put out were, were in fact, the bad guys in the show. The moral of the story completely eluded them. That is, if you're different and don't fit in, you can still find people who share similar obstacles and that you can overcome them. Also, that if you take pride in your uniqueness, you can show the evil bad guys that they judged you prematurely and that you yourself shouldn't be prejudiced and get to know people, along with uh, many other good life lessons. They should be praising this show as it has been preaching these lessons for generations. Hmm. Joe, uh, this is from... uh, Somebody named Red Mustang. Hey, Red. <laughs> Joe, you had Jimmy Allen, a country music performer, on at the State Fair. He performed Best Shot, a song he had written. I know you only have champions on your show. I just wanted to let you know that Best Shot just went to number one on the country music mm-hmm. billboard chart this week. He is the first black country music artist to have this debut song achieve this honor. Thanks for the podcast. I have an hour commute, and your show keeps me sane. This is from lawyer listener, loyal listener Lauren. Maybe, not we'll, Red Mustang. Maybe we'll hear it on the Wolf. Mm-hmm. I saw that last week that uh, it had gone to number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica, we even said at the time that that kid's going places. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. Oh, he was charming. Jessica, the mother of my uh, little CI girlfriend Hannah, writes. Well, she she linked me to a story uh, in the Daily Wire by a guy named Matt Walsh. And uh, what it is, she feared that it was real. And in it, Matt Walsh takes apart Frosty the Snowman for precisely what I proposed we do last right, week. Right, That we just create the BS, which he did. And she was terribly nervous about this. And I assured her that I was terribly confident he was doing a bit. Right. All right. Uh, oh, and I really have to apologize to Mark Reed. Uh, he, uh, he had an email that we read Friday about gentlemen in Moscow, and he closed it with a quote uh, that said, I'll need a decent bottle of booze, uh, complete discretion in a week to get you the $500. And I misattributed that. Can you guys remember what that's from? Because he just corrected me. Uh, read it again. Uh, I mean, that the quote. Okay, the guy says, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need a, a decent bottle of booze, complete discretion in a week to get you the $500. It was the joke of. Uh, yes. It was the joke the of. The gorilla. The gorilla. 
Why am I not That's recalling? Right. Yeah. It oh! Was. Yes! <laughs> oh! Well, for $500, will you have sex with the gorilla? And the guy takes the he, swing. He thinks about it for a while. Thinks about it for a minute. He's like, sure, I'm in, but you're going to have, have to give, give me a, a week, week to, get for, to get the 500 To get that $500. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Now I got it. Okay. <laughs> I apologize to Amor Towles. I assigned the line to a gentleman in <laughs> Moscow. Oh, God. Okay. okay I don't need All that. Right. If only you'd have said something to him during that interview about that line. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey, Amor, would you write the line about that gorilla yeah. joke? Oh, my God. Uh, Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey notes on Friday's podcast during the discussion of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Rookie made a point to correct Joe and clarify that it was not a cartoon but an example of claymation. Yeah. He was quite quite proud that he was heading uh, heading off the offsite correspondent before uh, correspondence before they weighed in with the correction. Damn right. Sorry, Rook. The what? correct method utilized in the production of Rudolph was stop action animation using puppets. Please leave the heavy lifting to the professionals. <laughs> A small rural West Virginia wild animal park had acquired a female gorilla of a very rare species. Mm -hmm. Within a few weeks, the gorilla became very difficult to handle upon examination. Please edit yourself. The park veterinarian determined the problem. The gorilla was in heat. To make matters worse, there were no male gorillas of the species available. While reflecting on their problem, the park administrators noticed Ed, a part-time redneck intern responsible for cleaning the animal's cages. He's been around the zoo forever. Ed, like most rednecks, had little sense, but possessed ample ability to satisfy any species. So the park administrators thought that they might have a solution. Ed was approached with a proposition would be willing to have relations with the gorilla for $500. Ed Ed showed some interest, but said he'd have to think the matter over carefully. The following day, Ed announced that he would accept the offer, but only under three conditions. First, he said, I don't want to have any kissing. Mm-hmm. Second, That's right. you can't tell anybody about this. That's a discretion. The park administration quickly agreed to these conditions, so they asked, well, what's the third conclusion? Well, said Ed, you're going to have to give me another week to come up with the $500. <laughs> 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 Such a great yep. joke. Well, they don't pay him like they used no, to. Huh? They, really you know, they don't. really don't. You're gonna have to give me a week. <laughs> a week. Can we come back with uh, Johnny Heights? Sure. We can do that for sure. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. I just noticed something. Uh-huh. What you got? That you need $500? No. Think about it. Uh, a famous character of Rice Street has died. Oh, I saw yeah. this oh, story. Oh, he did die. Mike Hartzell, known as Bones. He yes, died yeah. at the age of 71. I actually have that story. Oh, good. I want Coming you to. Yep. So I'll stop. But I just okay. what I noticed is when I printed it from the Pioneer Press uh, website, mm-hmm. it was printed in Hmong. What? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you spoke Hmong. No. I didn't know you spoke Hmong. Are you sure that it's not operator error in this case? It probably is, but, <laughs> okay. but here's uh, here's Johnny Height in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. The efforts to find the University of Minnesota's next president are continuing this week. University's Board of Regents has planned a special meeting on Wednesday to review three candidates. Earlier this month, Presidential Search Advisory Committee finished up interviews with nine candidates 
Eric Kaler, who has served as president since 2011, announced in July he would be leaving the role in June of 2019. He'll continue as president through June 30th of next year, then will serve as president emeritus from July 1st, 2019 to June 30th, 2020. George H.W. Bush embarked on his final tour of Washington this morning, the capital city that's remembering the 41st president's lifetime of public service that began with the Navy during World War II, ended with one term as president, and was characterized throughout by what admirers say was his innate decency, generosity, and kindness. In Texas, students, staff, and visitors have been flocking to Bush's presidential library on the campus of Texas A&M University. A similar outpouring anticipated in Washington this week during the state funeral for Bush, who died late Friday at his home in Houston at the age of 94. Bush was president from 1989 to 1993. He stayed beneath the U.S. Capitol Rotunda for a ceremony and public visitation from Monday through Wednesday. An invitation-only funeral service is set for Wednesday at Washington National Cathedral. President Trump and his wife are scheduled to attend. Afterward, Bush will be returned to Houston to lie in repose at St. Martin's Episcopal Church before burial Thursday at his family plot on the library grounds. Final resting place alongside Barbara Bush, his wife of 73 years who died in April, and Robin Bush, the daughter they lost to leukemia in 1953 at the age of three. Former President George W. Bush, the eldest of the four Bush sons, and his wife, along with brother Neil Bush and family, will accompany the father's body to Joint Base Andrews outside Washington on Monday. I didn't even know leukemia existed in 1953. I don't know why it wouldn't have. I just, I think of it as a modern problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, President Trump has ordered the federal government closed Wednesday for National Day of Mourning. Flags on public buildings are flying at half-staff for 30 days out of respect for Bush. Uh, the president, who has not always uttered kind words about the Bush family, offered nothing but praise in the hours after the former president's death was announced. Uh, what you were talking about, Joe, Mike Hartzell, or Bones as he was known, has died. Uh, to longtime St. Paul residents, Bones represented Rice Street. He lived on the street. Also, with push broom and shears, shovels, and rakes, maintained sidewalks and thresholds up and down the street for more than 40 years, all the while living outside every day in good weather or bad, refusing decades of offered charity. On Sunday, the 71-year-old Hartzell died at the Minneapolis Veterans Medical Center after suffering from pneumonia and cancer, according to his sister, Claudine Hartzell. Rice Street was the neighborhood where he grew up when he returned after serving during the Vietnam War, guarded his independence and refused handouts or offers of shelter. He insisted on working for the meals he received from restaurant owners and declined to come inside on even the most cold of nights unless there was a task to be completed. His sister said Sunday night, we kind of accepted the fact that this was his choice and he wasn't going to have it any other way. He was born in St. Paul, February 22, 1947, one of five children graduated from the old Washington in 1965. After graduating, he served in the Army from 1966 to 68. Records show he was stationed in Korea in 67. When he returned to Rice Street, his family said he came back with drug and alcohol problems, but he refused to surrender his independence, stayed on the street, sweeping, weeding, and raking. Artel had become such a respected fixture that the legislature honored him for his 70th birthday with a proclamation that called him a steward of the community, and an upstanding citizen of St. Paul and icon on Rice Street. In February 2017, Lonetti's Lounge, a Hartzell daily stopping point, threw him a birthday party. The place was packed. For years, a Facebook page devoted to Bones on Rice Street featured pictures and videos of him riding his bike and doing knuckle push-ups. <clears throat> he was hospitalized before Thanksgiving, according to his sister. Uh, Hartzell's brother was able recently to get him transferred to the VA Medical Center. Family had intended to move him into hospice. 
Instead, they're now talking about holding a memorial service somewhere mm-hmm. on Bryce Street to give the community a chance to share their memories. On Sunday night, fundraising already underway for a statue or an engraved bench honoring Hartzell on his street. He'll be buried at Fort Snelling, according to his sister. I think he, he roamed from university to at least as far out as Maryland. Back and forth. How many blocks is that? It's a long way. Yeah, I was going to say. How how he have his overalls and he's just yeah he'd be sweeping up. Mm-hmm. How amazing it is to think that this homeless guy took better care of that stretch of sidewalk than the Minneapolis City Council member that got fined for <laughs> not being able to plow her own. I know a lot of people that knew this guy. That's uh, it's a shame. Good dude. Over the weekend, uh, nearly three dozen fishermen rescued from an ice flow on Superior Bay Saturday morning. (laughs) According to the Duluth Fire Department, 36 fishermen and their equipment stranded on the ice around 10.40 a.m. when strong northeasterly winds caused the ice to break away from Park Point. You mean it wasn't global warming? No. All right. No. All right. Retired Vista Fleet Captain Tom McKay has been a resident of Park Point for nearly 75 years. He said Saturday's weather resulted in uh, what's called a sage. You guys know what a sage is? S-E-C-H-E? S-E-I-C-H-E. S-E-I-C-H-E. Yeah, I I do. Because the lake detective told us about it. Really? Did he? Okay. Uh, I had to look it up. It's almost like a tsunami. It's when the wind is so strong, it pushes water to one end of a large body of water and causes the levels to rise. Yeah. Since the ice on the Superior Bay wasn't locked into the shore, it came loose and floated out onto the bay. Not, really not much you can do. They, I saw the picture. They're just standing there. Yeah. Just, uh, hoping somebody notices. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the channel kept open by tugs and ships also means that ice sheets can move more freely as well. Emergency responders from several agencies first responded to the area near the Duluth Rowing Club, but the scope of rescue operations grew as officials released. Uh, there were groups of fishermen stranded between the Rowing Club and Sky Harbor Airport, according to Assistant Acting Chief Mark Herman. Rescuers paddled in one U.S. Coast Guard rapid deployment craft and two other crafts to the ice. With ropes fixed to each end of the inflatable boats, rescuers pulled fishermen on crafts from the ice to shore. They also used a boat ladder to bring 35 fishermen ashore. Uh, one fisherman washed ashore on his own. Near the rowing club, the fishermen were several hundred yards from shore when the ice cracked. Herman estimated all the fishermen were off the ice within about an hour. It took longer to remove all the fishing gear from the ice. Wow. From uh, my home area, a Bismarck man pleaded guilty in federal court for stealing a forklift and planning to flip President Trump's limousine on the day of a speech in Mandan, North Dakota. It's a hell of a plan, wasn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. 42-year-old Gregory Lee Lyon. It would have worked, too, if it wouldn't have been for you meddling kids. <laughs> 42-year-old Gregory Lee Lyon Gang, uh, which uh, kind of worries me because my grandma's side is the Lyon Gang family. Oh, my so God. I, I you're related, related to these idiots. kidding me, John? I may be related. You are related to the uh, forklift flipper. Going, po- possibly could. could yeah, you know what? Know. I can see it. Well, I think it's even more than possibly. <laughs> the 42-year-old Lyon Gang was charged in federal court with one count of attempting to enter or remain in a restricted building and on grounds while using a dangerous weapon, as well as one count of attempting to damage government property. Ligang reached a plea deal with federal prosecutors entering the guilty plea Friday for attempting to enter. U.S. Assistant State's Attorney Brandy Sassy Russell said Ligang was aware that the president was coming to town September 6, 2017, to give a speech at the Endeavor Mandan Refinery, an area that had been cordoned off for the motorcade route. Prior to the president's arrival, about 2 in the afternoon, Ligang had stolen a forklift in Mandan, entered the motorcade route. The intent, she said, was to basically get to the limo, flip the limo, 
get to the president, and he told authorities he wanted to kill the president. Oh. I think uh, your relative has some issues. Yeah. yeah. I, now, we're not sure. He's, I'm pretty sure he's your relative. Be, yeah. We're not sure he's a relative. Close. So. Very close relative. Well, how common a name is it? Blind Gang? Yeah. Very common. Yeah. Spell it. L-E-I-N-G-A-N-G. Hmm. Lang Gang. My grandma's side of the family was the Lion Gangs, and you made fun of me for doing my heritage thing. Uh, that Lion Gang family goes back to, uh, I got back to the 1300s in Germany, that, mm. that branch of the family. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, not a very precise plan, though. I don't know what, current... what you mean by I made fun of you. You said, why would you want to know? Oh. When, I, when I told you I had the test done yeah. for oh, my yeah, ethnicity. I'm not getting any tests. Let's hear about your test the other day. I'm not day. doing no. any testing. <laughs> you know, and... As we learned earlier today, before the show started, John, that every time you go back home, you make poor decisions. So this doesn't well, shock me uh, yeah. a- at all. That was a long time ago, Chris. So a lot of Germans settled up in the Dakotas. That's they? correct. Yes, yeah. Germans and Russians. Mm-hmm. My entire my entire family is wow. Germans and Russians. So you're uh, damn near a communist. I was going to say. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. They all came here. Well, I, mean, I remember when they came on the boat. Oh. Don't you remember the audio from the boat? This here is my sector. Oh, this here is the wichtigste Gerät des Küstenwächter. This Gerät and this. Mayday, Mayday. <laughs> Hello, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you? Okay, over. We are sinking. We are sinking. Hello, this is the German Coast Guard. <laughs> we are sinking. We're sinking. What are you? Thinking about. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Oh. That is one of my faves <laughs> of all time. Thinking about. We uh, that was German was spoken in my grandma's house uh, till she died, basically. Mm-hmm. Her and, and my dad and her his brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd go over there for uh, lunch or whatever. I wouldn't understand a word. That I was bet that was fun, huh? <laughs> you know, I'd just sit and eat. Wow. <laughs> Mit mustard, Grandma. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretzel mint mustard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what we're going to have to discuss when we come back? What? Uh, the uh, Minneapolis 4th Precinct Police Christmas Tree. Uh, that uh, has been a big talker in the uh, news all weekend long, hasn't it? Yeah. All weekend. Latte schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. All right. Two Minneapolis police officers were placed on paid leave Friday after their apparent involvement in a Christmas tree decoration that the city's mayor called despicable. Are you all aware of the story? Yes. I think we're all aware of the story. We're all nodding. Uh, The Christmas tree... Uh, at a precinct on the city's north side was decorated with items such as Newport cigarettes, police crime tape, a can of malt liquor, a Popeye's Louisiana kitchen cup, and other things that Mayor Jacob Fry said amounted to a racist display. What the hell is going on with the printing from the St. Paul paper? It just went back. It went to Mung for the rest of the story. It went to Mung. Could you read it for us, please? No. A picture of the tree circulated online. Okay, how did that come about, do you think, that the picture got taken? Had to be by a fellow copper, maybe. Right, right, just kind of going, oh. I don't know, where are we on this? It's it's uh, ridiculously foolish. It's tawdry. What if two black cops did it? Does that get anybody off the hook, or is it still... Uh, 
Uh, it's, it was not well thought out. No. It was not well thought out. And uh, I mean, I know we're spo- I know we're extremely sensitive, but I just think that may have gone too far. And and, and cops, you know, they have their own code. Of, but of, but how do you how do you be this tone deaf that you would be this stupid? Uh, that I don't know. I don't I don't understand why you would pick uh, those items to put on the tree because in this day and age, you know it's going to be. Uh, resisted. Well, I, I, uh, it, it's, it's ridiculous is what it is. It's just, it's ridiculous. How, how can you be that stupid? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Right. It's the equivalent of, uh, of, well, not quite, but maybe wearing a Nazi uniform or something like that. It's, it's distasteful and it's, you are going to offend somebody. So the mayor, the young mayor, wow, well, he's going to overreact. Of course, he did, and uh, he wanted the whoever was involved fired immediately. Mm-hmm. But apparently, that these are protected public class people, and there's a there's a quite a few steps that would have to be gone through before they can be fired. If it's taken him uh, 16 months to uh, bring a cop to justice for murdering an innocent woman, uh, it's probably going to take a long time before this is resolved. You, you, you had the bad cop who shot Justine Damon in July of 2017. Nothing's come of that yet. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a while before you get to the bottom of this. But you, sh- you, you can't blame the residents of the neighborhood for being upset. This is just, Yeah, that would, I think just, it would upset me. It's, it's just so outrageously foolish. I just don't know what was going through their minds. How they, the other thing that I don't understand is how did they think they were going to get away with this? Well, that's what, I, that's what I mean. People are going to see that. What I, what I would do if I was in that neighborhood, I'd say, okay, guys, take it down and put, some, put up a real thing and, and we'll forget about it. We'll move on. How is it even possible, uh, given who runs the cities, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, how is it even possible that they had a Christmas tree? I thought about that right away. <laughs> that's a good point. Huh? Maybe they thought by putting those items on, they were taking the Christ out of Christmas. Uh, I, I don't know. And I wish I could read more, but it's all in Hmong. I don't know. <laughs> Is there a button I'm hitting that oh prints God. things out in Hmong Most land? Likely. Hmong language? Most likely. Did you print it out down there? Uh, yeah. Huh. In the hovel. Okay. Uh, I don't know what. Tune in for the Hmong podcast tomorrow. Well, it, it starts off in English, and then it rapidly becomes written in Hmong. I I don't know. You want me to print it out here and see if the same thing Well, I don't know what else I can uh, add to the story. We all are aware of it. It, It's it's ironic that it's the fourth precinct because isn't that where the uh, protests were held following the shooting of Jamal Clark? Yes. See this? Look at it. It's all all in a foreign language here. We got the Washington, made the Washington Post, (laughs) St. Louis Dispatch. Well, it's going to make everything. Gonna, yeah, yeah, every paper. Mm-hmm. It made the Daily Mail in the UK. I bet they had good pictures of it, huh? I think so. <laughs> but I don't understand how you can be that stupid. See, that makes me nervous. I'm a big. I, I like cops. I think they got a tough road to hoe. Yep. Yeah. But I'm nervous when cops are this stupid. Uh-huh. That makes me nervous. That's too. That all this is is stupidity. I'm prepared to label this an act of stupidity more than I am racism. Because racism do doesn't mean anything anymore. A, a tenured 
Cop, someone who's been there long, or do I don't you think know it's that, a I don't know young that, and funny? I don't know that police have tenure. I don't uh, know that police have tenure. Maybe not tenure, but one who's been there. I have no idea. And the guy who never fails to weigh in is Bob Kroll, head of the union, police yeah. union. Yeah. Not a peep. So. Yeah. Not a peep. <laughs> not yeah, a peep. usually he'll chime in with something. <laughs> and he's re- usually first and foremost to pop off about anything. And he's wisely, perhaps, <laughs> keeping his mouth shut. Because there's no way he could come to the defense of whoever did this, whether they're black, white, Hmong, whatever. Right, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just when you think you're getting someplace. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. If it's a if it's a young cop, uh, he would be taught all this already. And if it's an old school cop, I don't think he'd care about doing it. But should a cop have to be taught that? No, no. I no mean, that's, that's just, I guess <laughs> that's part of my point. I'm overlooking that already. Perhaps you know. We should uh, if yeah. the, if there was a I know this will sound strange if if there was an explanation for this I'm not sure there could be but if this is something related to something deeper that we don't know anything about mm-hmm. we would have heard that by now unfortunately this appears to be exactly what it is uh, an a, an act of just outrageous stupidity. Would that be the way to say it? Just an act of outrageous stupidity and just leave it at that at, at that simple. I mean, if if there if some game is being played, uh, let's see what we can come. Now, see, there's no way I can even create a credible way that you could get away with this. I can't come up with a way that that you you could legitimize this in any way. Hmm. I, can't, I uh, can't. No, not not in this day and age. No, I mean, well, was not, I don't think I, 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 in, in any day and age. Newport cigs, which which are not <laughs> allowed to be purchased by black people in Minneapolis. Because the rulers in the salon have oh, forbidden right. the little shops to sell menthol cigarettes, uh, which I think is just as racist as anything else. Right. Why should a black guy in Minneapolis be deprived of his favorite brand of cigarettes? He has to go down to, what, uh, well, Robbinsdale or something. Or... Who's our guy? Our yeah, buddy. Mike. Mike. We talked to Mike. Uh, and that's killing his business. He's got to have bananas because, because apples. Yeah, he's got all the fruit because the salon people told him, you got to have the fruit. But the fruit isn't moving because no one's coming in to buy the smokes. He's got to throw it away. Mm-hmm. It's a waste. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess that's what I was wondering. Is there some relationship between the actions of the city council forbidding the purchase of menthol cigarettes and the cigarettes showing up on the Christmas tree? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Probably yeah. not. I'm going Maybe just no. something they found in the yeah. uh, on the street. Mm-hmm. And, and malt liquor remains a stereotype cliche. Yeah. At, at, at... Popeye's chicken. Yeah. That remains a cliche, I guess. It's just, uh, it's a shame because just when you think you were getting somewhere in, in what they like to call community relations, then this happens. Well, okay. Uh, remember when, ti- uh, who got in trouble? Freddie Couples with uh, Tiger's uh, Master's Dinner? No, Fuzzy Zeller. Fuzzy Zeller. Mm-hmm. So Tiger and Fuzzy were were close buddies. Not really. Well, I thought they gave each no, other fuzzy, the needle quite a bit. Fuzzy was just an idiot. You're okay. talking about the uh, the dinner. The when... Masters champion the next year uh, provides the menu for the champion's dinner, and Fuzzy Zeller said something to the effect, "Are we going to have fried chicken?" Right. Uh, that got worked out between Fuzzy and Tiger. Okay. But it was it wasn't uh, I, the way I remember the story was that it was just Fuzzy being a moron. Okay. Yeah. Well, what I what I was wondering then is if they I was had the assumption that. Tiger and Freddie were close, and they teased each other about things in private. But then, out well, in public, I, that could be, that could be. And I, I was wondering if, if, 
uh, the same thing happened with these cops needling uh, uh, each other about what they find. And, and, and then once they make it public on the tree, they, they've crossed this line. Well, I can guarantee you uh, the, among the ramifications of this will be no police precinct probably will ever be allowed to have a Christmas tree. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I think that one is – that's probably – I think that's probably right. I on. wonder where the, who took the picture and decided to post it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and for what reason? And for what reason? If it's one of the cops, then, yeah, we really should be well, worried. Well, you're, you're, you're even creating a more interesting question. How long was this tree up with all this stuff on it and no one in a, uh, in a position of superiority or authority uh, said, oh, wait a minute here, this doesn't look good, and would have removed those things? Yeah. So that's what we don't know. Was this picture taken literally within an hour or so of this tree having been decorated like this? I don't know. Right. That's the million-dollar question. You know, we have to push back a lot, don't we? Uh, yeah, and, we and we've continue. broken it down before, but I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down in a new way. Uh, there are now radio stations that will not play "Baby It's Cold Outside" because oh they're finding God. it offensive to women. But we're gonna break that down uh, and hopefully provide information that will help all of us in our role as pushbackers. <laughs> all right, Jeez. all right, just a moment. All right. <laughs>